The ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex. Yes, he's here, the ABC's word wizard, Rolly Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland. And he's here willing and able to talk to you about words, language, linguistics. one 300 is the number that you can call to have a word in Rolly's ear. That's one 300 Good afternoon, Professor Sussex. Good afternoon, dear lady. Oh, that was a lovely way of saying g'day. Is that the right way to address someone in this day and age, though? With extreme respect, yes. It's one of the ways you do it. But I think if I said that to most of my friends, they'd say, you're feeling a bit funny today. <laughs> Listen, I'm really keen to talk with you about uh, greetings and salutations this afternoon, and spe- especially in view of what we're all going through right now. But yeah. would you, can I borrow your brain for just a, a wee moment to talk through our isolation bingo playlist? Because I need your help, Rolly. I need your help. Yeah. A wee moment? Have you lived in New Zealand? Oh, no, I haven't, but I do have a Kiwi friend. Well, there you are. We is a New Zealand thing very much. Okay. Okay. So our very clever callers have put together a wonderful playlist. My job is to Mm -hmm. try and use all five of these words naturally through the course of the program. I'm a bit sticky on a couple of them, though. Uh, Not quite sure how to say them. And I'm I'm coming first to a word that I would pronounce as egregious Mm -hmm. or egregious, I think Robin had suggested. How do we say it and what does the word mean? You're dead right. Egregious is it, and it used to. It comes from the Latin word grex, meaning a flock, and so something which stands out from the flock. Flock is unusual, and it used to mean standing out from the flock by virtue of being really good, and now it means standing out from the flock by virtue of being really bad. So egregious, you know, his egregious mistake, meaning a terrible, vile, awful one. All right. Egregious, terrible, vile, awful mistake. I think I can manage that throughout the course of the program. How sure. about uh, a word that I, I guess is a German German mm-hmm. word, Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude? How do I, Sch- and what is, yeah. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Uh, you, you pronounce the final E. Mm-hmm. Schade in German means uh, damage or misfortune, and Freude means joy. People who've done some Beethoven might know know about that, the, the Ode to Joy in Beethoven 6th. And so schadenfreude is pleasure in other people's misfortune. And it's a very special word. There's no word in English for it. So we talk about schadenfreude when you're being, you know, you're laughing at when someone else falls flat on their face in the mud. Right. Now that was used in contrast to serendipity. How do mm-hmm. I correctly use the word serendipity? What does that mean? Serendipity, um, it was invented by a man called Walpole who wrote, a, who wrote a book called The Three Princes of Serendip, I think, uh, around about 1750. And uh, they were always uh, making discoveries and things that they, they weren't sure how they came to. Uh, and serendipity means uh, when happen, things happen by good fortune or whatever without you trying to do anything to them. There's just good luck and lovely things happen to you. Okay. All right. I think I have a fair sense of how we use all these words. So if you're keen to play isolation bingo, the word list, this is the last time I'll say it and then it's game on. Transcription, serendipity, discombobulate, egregious and schadenfreude. Schaden, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Excellent. That yeah. one doesn't count. one three hundred triple two six twelve. <laughs> when you think you have bingo or if you'd like to have a word in the ear of Professor Rolly Sussex. Okay, Professor, two matters at hand. How do you say good day right now and what is the right way to greet people? 
Right. Now, you still do say good day, but the, the fact that COVID has pushed us apart means that I, we've had to think again about the conditions under which we greet and how we greet. Now, if you're going to greet someone, you need to attract their attention and you need to be sure that they're aware that you're there. So there's a kind of mutual recognizing of presence. And then you get involved in a little ritual. And sometimes the ritual is body language. For example, you should face the person. If you greet them while you're looking the other way, that sounds a bit rude. Um, if you're going to be moving, you move into range rather than out of range. So you come closer to someone to greet them, uh, not closer than 1.5 meters. You probably should have eye contact. If you're not looking someone in the eye, it looks a little bit shifty. Very often we would smile when we're delivering a greeting. But then what happens? Well, it can be verbal, where we say various things. We'll get to that in a moment. It can be body language. So you might do a namaste, which means I bow to you in Hindi. And you put your hands together palm, with the palms together and the fingers pointing up, and you bow slightly from the waist, looking at the other person. It's rather nice, and it's actually pretty useful in a situation like the one at the moment where we're not allowed to get hold and close to each other and shake hands. I feel myself doing a lot of namasteying, uh, rolling. Yes. It's a nice, yeah. it's a gentle way of greeting and it sort of conveys a, a sort of intimacy that a simple nod might not. I That's think. right. Yeah. Simple nod can be very, very, um, no passing interest and, and, and throw away. Or you might do ojigi, O-J-I-G-I, which is the Japanese bowing. And there are five levels of ojigi, depending on how respectful you are. And the most respectful one is when you're just about horizontal. Um, so, but that's a very, very special ritual, and only Japanese people understand it properly. We used to get very much into shaking hands. Women have been now shaking hands much more than they used to when I was young. And then sometimes we'd hug people, we'd do the kiss-cheeking, darling, you know, cheek-to-cheek-to-cheek -cheek type of thing. And this has all of a sudden been taken out of play because we've got to keep our distance. So it's thrown the emphasis back on eye contact and the sort of friendliness you can project from a certain distance and what you actually say. And that's where it gets interesting because G'day is Australian and you can use it in lots of contexts. I'm not sure one would say G'day to the governor or to the archbishop. But you might. I might and not I mean, get embarrassed We've got a splendid governor who would, who would accept it in the spirit it was meant. Um, but uh, there are lots of others. Um, hello, for example, is actually US, and hello is the UK version. Um, hey is probably the most common one in America, and hi in Australia. Um, so hi or hey, a lot of people who ring up this, this program say hi. And it's just a way of starting talk going, so that's a greeting. Sometimes we'd say, how are you going? which is um, another way of saying, are you well, is all okay with you? Some people now say sup, meaning what's up, and as in apostrophe S-U-P. I've um, heard people saying morning quite often. I, I ride bikes in the morning, and uh, very often when there are other people exercising, there's a sort of fraternity of the folks who get out early to exercise the body. And so you'd say things like, morning, as, as you know, I burn by on the bicycle. Sometimes morning guys, morning folks. So there are all sorts of formulae. And all of those ones are pretty informal, unlike the, the more formal ones where you'd say, how are you, or dear lady, as I did before at the start. 
which so I quite like. So you've got to choose. Mm, yeah, it mm, is nice. Mm. Um, but you've got to choose the right greeting for the right person and also the right greeting for the right context. Because, you know, I might say good day to a friend of mine when we're riding bikes, but if we're in a formal meeting at the university, I would probably say Professor So-and-so or whatever with the title. And uh, it, so the, the, the whole business about greetings has a massive amount of social judgment involved and the sort of impression you want to make. Because if you are held out at, shall we say, 1.5 metres, that's actually much more formal than we've got used to in Australia. We used to be a bit more like that, but now we're, we're happy to be much closer to people than we used to. But the, the, the social conventions of COVID are pushing us back. And so we've got to work a little bit harder at being warm and friendly and caring. Time plays a key role in language oh, yes. and in greetings too, I suppose, depending on the time of day or also the time between your last encounter. How do we recognise time through the way we greet one another, Rolly? Yeah, well, um, you might just say, oh, great to see you again. And you wouldn't say that to someone whom you'd seen that morning at breakfast. Um, it, you know, there's going to be a certain certain expanse of time between the current meeting and the previous one. How have you been? Um, again, this might be a week, a month, a year or longer. Long time no see. Uh, that's a little bit long in the tooth now. How are you doing these days? Um, that's another little formula which uh, you can use to someone and it's almost like saying to them, look, I'm sorry we haven't been in contact. I'm probably as guilty as you are. Um, do bring me up to date. Now, all of these ones, of course, are spoken. And there's another series you use when you're writing to people, whether you're writing a letter or an email or text or whatever. But the interesting thing about all of these formulae is that they are phatic. We've talked about phatic before, P-H-A-T-I-C. And it's a special word which means language and body language that you use just for social uh, contact and making social interaction work. And if, if I say to you, how are you? And you say, well, my temperature is actually 38.4, my blood pressure is 132 <laughs> over 98. That's not what I was after. Um, when I say, how are you? This is a formula and it means, um, I'm pleased to see you. I hope you're pleased to see me. I'm expressing an interest in you. Over to you. Now, the interesting thing about the, the greetings is that if I start off by saying, for example, hi, you'll probably say hi back. If I say hi to you and you say morning, it's almost as if you're reproaching me for choosing the wrong word. So there's a little, they're, they're, they're little pairs of interactions, if you like, one and then one back, and they tend to be mirror images of each other. So there's an enormous amount of skill in these things, and they're different in other languages, and you have to know how to uh, show pleasure and interest at seeing someone, and it's got to be the right level and flavor of pleasure and interest. And what would you do, for example, if you came across your ex, you know, a, a former partner? That's tricky. Manufacture a phone call quick smart on your telephone, obviously. <laughs> obviously, Rolly. That, that's, that's avoidance <laughs> behaviour. Yeah, no, but I'm actually, you know, this is actually a real problem because there are sometimes you come across people whom you're not that pleased to see or they're out of place, they're out of time, or maybe you're with someone else and you're feeling uncomfortable. And you've got to produce a form of greeting which is appropriate and is not going to offend them, but won't give the wrong idea to the other people you're with. Hmm. 
That is a whole conversation, I think, for a, a, another day. I'd love to explore awkward oh, yes. greetings with you. Professor Rolly Sussex, your guest on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Ten minutes to two. My name is Kat. Lots of people keen to have a word in your ear, Professor. We might begin with Shirley in Townsville. G'day, Shirley. Hello, how are you? Good. Go ahead. You're on with Rolly. Hello, Rolly. Hello there. In the last, oh, I'd say six months, I've heard a word something like fortuitously. I can't pronounce it, don't know how to spell it, and I don't know what it means. I've heard it on uh, a football caller. He's mentioned it a few times. Fortuitously. I just can't pronounce it, and I don't know what it means. Okay, I wonder it's if for, you know. fortuitous. F-O-R-T-U-I-T-O-U-S, fortuitous. And it means something which happens by chance rather than being deliberate or intended. So, oh, that was a fortuitous try, meaning someone has grabbed the ball out of nowhere and fallen over the line and scored. So something which is fortuitous is uh, by accident with a good, a good outcome usually. Uh, I don't think you'd have fortuitous things. You can have fortuitous things which are bad, but they're usually good. Um, and they, they come from Latin and they, they, wake, they come from the Latin word fors, which means chance or luck. I'm 72, and that's the first time I've heard that about six months ago, and I thought, goodness gracious, how long has that been around for? And well, here you are, able to call Professor Rolly Sussex, answer your question. There's a wonderful degree of serendipity in that, Shirley. I'm delighted for you. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Good on you on ABC Radio, Brisbane and Queensland. Thank you, Shirley. John in Hawthorne. G'day, John. What would you like to say to the professor? Uh, g'day there. Hi, hi, Rolly. I've just yeah. got a question on might be your thoughts, your opinions on an item of pronunciation for a very common three-letter word. Yeah. I'm hearing it a lot from multiple places now, including the media, including politicians, and just in general speech by a lot of people. Now, don't get me wrong, but I call this the nasal now. I'm hearing now pronounced mm-hmm. a lot these days as now. All right. Yes. Um, if you were Margaret Thatcher, you would say now. <laughs> and uh, you wouldn't spay, make the vowel go out through your nose at all. Um, Australians do tend to have more nasal vowels than some other places. And so now, yeah. And you can actually emphasizes if you hold your nose as you say it now you can feel the pressure building up behind your where you're holding your nose and that shows that the air is coming out your nose as well as out your mouth and that's the definition of a nasal vowel um, it's it's something which happens a lot in Australian speech you don't hear it in careful educated speech uh, but other than that is probably found about 85% of the time you know it's very very frequent Excellent. Okay. Well, John, thank you very much. And I like the idea of nasal now. That really puts a fine point on it. Bev in Atherton. G'day, Bev. Hello. How are you? Good. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to ask Rowley the origin of budgie smugglers. The reason being, I was watching a show on ABC the other night called, um, I think it's Death in Paradise or something, which is set in the Caribbean with with an Irish-sounding inspector. And he was talking about, oh, budgie smugglers, you know. And um, they had to ask him what they were. And, and I just wondered, because I always thought it was an Australian um, expression. So it's coming from Tony Abbott, but anyway. 
Indeed, and I just yes. wondered, oh, was it English, perhaps? <laughs> no, it's Australian. Um, and how that particular Irish detective came, uh, came across it, I'm not quite sure. Um, I have to do a bit of background to find out where it came from, but it does. Uh, it's one of the many words there are for swimming trunks in Australia. And swimming trunks, swimming togs, swimmers um, are among the words which help separate people from different states. There are, slight, there are different patterns of usage in different places. Bud, budgie smugglers is um, a, little, a little bit suggestive, and um, <laughs> yes. Mr. Abbott was, uh, was a very fit man, is a very fit man, who does a lot of physical things, and, and that's what he would wear. Just, just, just a quick one on the high and hello and all the rest of it. Yes. I walk in the morning and others cycle and others walk and whatever else. If somebody said morning to me, I would always say hello back. If they said hello, I would say morning. If there were ah. two of them and they said hello and morning, I would say hi. I don't know. I, I just don't want to say exactly the same thing me back too. to them. Yes, me too, Bev. I'll come yeah. in with a me too there. Yep. In yeah. other words, rather than merely parroting it back, you're yeah. finding something a little bit different to show you really mean it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks for that. Interesting thought. Thank you. <laughs> Good yeah. on you, Bev. Thank you very much. I, I've actually been provoking this as I ride around. You know, we, my my cycling partner, who who's a, a doctor, and I pass various people, and we'll we'll use different forms of greeting. And sometimes we say good day and see if they give us good day back. And sometimes we say morning or hi, and we'll, and most of the time you get a, a mirror image back. Right. But not always. And I think Des is right. Yeah, I, I, I have to say I do. I usually just do a good day because I just love good day. I think good day is yeah. gorgeous. Um, Richard in Cooparoo. Hello, Richard. Hi there, Kat. How are you? Good, mate. Go ahead with uh, Professor Rowley Sussex. Rowley, I was just wondering at the meaning or derivation of the letter A in asymptomatic that we're hearing a lot about these mm -hmm. days. It seems mm -hmm. to change the whole meaning of the word from showing symptoms to not showing not symptoms. Showing yes. And a lot of and I've tried to find other words that sounded like A and the, with the A at the beginning and the only one I can come up with is apricot. But a lot of people pronounce that apricot, so yeah. I yeah. Yeah, no, that, that particular A is something quite different. Um, the, this A is, an, is a negative A and, and you know, asymptomatic, asystematic, um, atemporal, meaning not relating to time. There are hundreds of, of words like this and uh, they, they come to us usually via Latin um, and it's a, a sense of, of not. Uh, and uh, it's, it's very, very productive with lots and lots of more, more technical words, I think. Thank you, Richard. Well, just, I think we've got time for one more question on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland this afternoon. Of course, Rolly with you every Thursday from half past one. Thank you for all your calls and messages. But Cole on the Sunshine Coast, lucky last. G'day. Yeah, g'day. How are you? Good. Go ahead. Um, there's a, a walk around a headland um, for, for soldiers and, and that that fought in the, in the wars. And one of them, one of the names that got me was Trout Beck. T-R-O-U-T-B-E-C-K, Hadley. I wonder where that originated from. Could you let me know about that one, Rolly? Okay, I've never met anyone called Trout Beck. Trout, of course, is a fish, and Beck is a, um, a river or stream. I'll see if I can find out, because that is a very unusual name indeed. Yes, yes, that's for sure. Wait, wait until next week and I'll have a report for you. Oh, there you go. Can't top that. Kenny Cole, thank you very much. Call on the Sunshine Coast. You are on ABC Radio, Brisbane and Queensland. Professor Rolly Sussex, your guest. And, of course, Professor Sussex will be back with you again from 1.30 next week if we didn't get to your question this afternoon. Coming up to 2 o'clock, so it's nearly time for the news. Professor, time for you to have your last word.
Okay, this is from Bill Bryson's book Down Under. If La Perouse had arrived in Botany Bay a day earlier, Australians would now be speaking French. This is not necessarily a bad thing. At least we would have been spared 200 years of British cooking and home and away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much, Rolly. Look forward to speaking with you again next week. Like it. On your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.